Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. How would you define the Mile High Hustle? Well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Please tell me. Denver's changed a great deal over the past 30 years. 10 years. 5 years. Heck, I've noticed some new things pop up since last month. But if you look a little closer... You can see growing businesses, new ideas, and interesting people making these changes happen. So here it is, a podcast about the businesses, ideas, and people shaping Denver today. And we're calling it Mile High Hustle. Mile High Hustle. Mile High Hustle. The Mile High Hustle is the grind. Working your ass off and networking like crazy in like the real way. They work like crazy so they can get the weekend off to go skiing. I think it's something different than what's going on in places like Silicon Valley. The breaks are better in Colorado. Every other week in the lead up to Denver Startup Week, the largest free entrepreneurial event of its kind, we're releasing a new episode to help you navigate this dynamic new business landscape. How would you define the Mile High Hustle? You know, when I think the word hustle, I think about how hard it is to work to do anything that you've never done before or that no one's done before. Colorado continues to lead the nation in, in innovation and in, in, in change. Mile High Hustle, the Denver Startup Week podcast, is being directed by Denver Startup Week, hosted by myself, Paul Caroli, and produced by House of Pod. Episode one is coming on June 25th. Subscribe now and find it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I appreciate you taking the time, Governor. Well, good luck with your hustle. (laughs) Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hey, this is Adventure Lounge. My name's Jagger. And I'm Zach. And we're on Real Nerds. Come check out the awesome crossover episode. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2019 and beyond. Today we have a sad room. Oh. It's only me and Zach. Zach, what's up? See, you say this is sad. I'm Zach, by the way. You say this <laughs> is sad, but I think this is the matchup that the fans have been waiting for. I think for it years. is. Like this is this is Freddy versus Jason level Ooh. like excitement. Ron- Ronnie, <laughs> what? I just thought of it. Ronnie, you should direct this podcast right now. <laughs> Lots of hypercuts. More blood. More blood. <laughs> um, hey, Kellen, why don't you tell what movie did you watch this week? Uh, but I watched Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> In Hotel Transylvania? What does he say? He put people in the door. Yeah. <laughs> does he say blah, 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 blah? Yeah, because he... he he doesn't say blah, 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 because he's silly. <laughs> what, what movie did you watch with busting? But we won't talk about ghost things. You gotta talk about Ghostbusters? And then we'll talk about 
to go oven with my gun oven go. Kellen, do you cross the streams? It was a Mickey goat. And <laughs> the, the Ghostbusters were fucking streams. Yeah. <laughs> Love and, it. And do they fight? Who do they fight? Who do the Ghostbusters fight? Ghostbusters. And the and the film was doing this. That means there was ghosts in the kitchen. Yep, yep. That was and the scariest was, part and, of it for me. And then there was ghosts in the living room, Daddy. Yeah. And then there was some outside. What ghosts were outside? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but we'll try. I, and then we, we can play them later. Okay. And this time we have to find them outside. Okay. Who was the biggest ghost? The green one. The green one? Mm-hmm. What happens when the green one touches you? And then I have to scream on my way. <coughs> yeah? What, I'll scream on my what, way. What gets on you when he gets you? I'll scream on my way. You'll scream on my way? He's been watching Ghostbusters, nice. and he's been really excited about it. He likes it. He likes Ghostbusters, too, because it has green, uh, pink slime, and the baby's always in trouble. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. I'm in the bathtub. There is slime in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen two and in a long time. I, I watched the first one a lot more, though. We were catching them. What's the big ghost? What is, what is he made out of? We were getting them. What's the big one made? The white one. What's he made out of? He was trying closer to us. Was he climbing the building? Yeah. And is he marshmallows? Yeah. What happens to him? And then I woke up. Okay. And then I was still in. Good job, buddy. Um, yep. Most parents show their kids, you know, Aladdin, Lion King. I show mine Ghostbusters. You know, if Paul Feig is listening, I think <laughs> yeah. I've got a good pitch for two uh, with Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig. Um, Speaking of Melissa McCarthy, every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw The Happy Time Murders. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned to the end of the show. We'll see if you should see it or not, play the trailer, and then spoil the movie. Um, before we start... Uh, we lost a member of our family. Zach, I'm sorry to hear about your doggy. Oh, yes. Uh, Jay, uh, Jason Muse Eastman. <laughs> yeah, he was named after Jay and Jay and Silent Bob because I was really into Kevin Smith at the time. And we named the first dog Shannon. So I was like, well, I get to pick the next name. Who's and it's Jay. Shannon um, after Mallrats? <laughs> see, I put, I put it as Jay after Jason Muse and Shannon after Shannon Who's Elizabeth. Dog? Jay and Justice. Um, no, but it was a wonderful dog. dog? Um, he passed away, buddy. Yeah. Poor guy. Isn't that sad? Yeah. He was he was he was going through seizures though. Like yeah. and I talked to you guys about it before, yeah. but um off air obviously. But um it came down to just Wednesday was a very rough day for him and the decision was made with my dad out of town and my mom just like we gotta put him down. So You know, uh it is tough. I had a, a lab named Stuart mm-hmm. and he got an abscess in his mouth mm-hmm. and he started having seizures. And the doctor ended up saying that he had cancer, and it's like you knew you're going to keep him alive and having seizures and have a horrible life. Or well, we were, we, and we we had him on medication for the past four months, so we tried, but there's we knew that this was we were yeah. nearing the end. Anyway. Oh yeah, I mean we had uh, like Stuart's through four of his teeth taken out, mm-hmm. trying to help him, and it's always tough. So I'm sorry, buddy, because I, I always hate losing dogs. No, it's it's it's. Uh, you know what? I'm glad he's not in pain anymore because mm-hmm. the past four months has been rough watching him with the medication. He was like stumbling around as if though he just like walked out of a 30s bar. So it was like <laughs> it, it, it was like Mel Blanc and dog for it was weird. <laughs> um, but um, but no, he was a wonderful dog. My favorite thing to do with him was actually to watch movies on my laptop on the deck with him. Mm-hmm. So he'd be okay. sitting there. He'd listen to some of them sometimes. 
um, whenever I'd put on an old time radio show or a podcast, even he'll 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 kind of like listen if he hears something like like that that peaks his like interest. It's usually loud noises. Mm. Um, and he loved tennis balls. He could fit three in his mouth at once. Oh, nice. And then, and then but he would we would try to play fetch with him, but he wouldn't have it because he was like that is a commoner's game. <laughs> so he would just take the ball and keep it. And then he would collect, awesome. and he would collect them in a herd. <laughs> you know, I will say that even though he was in pain, he has always had a smile on his face. He's a happy dog. Oh yeah, he loved everybody he met. <laughs> yeah, he's a very happy dog. So sorry for your loss. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, I'm trying to think of the last thing he might have like seen if he were like in terms of like a dog watching TV. Probably the Goldbergs because my folks are watching the Goldbergs. <laughs> you know, right I now. keep on meaning to watch the Goldbergs because they have a huge. Monster Squad reference in it is Nards, and I guess they say Nards all the time in it. I've seen uh, bits and parts of what they're watching, and uh, there's a whole Spaceballs episode. Nice. And uh, the there's a I've seen one full episode, and it's the Batman episode, and it's where the Adam char- character um, is trying to connect with his grandfather by admitting to or, or like pretending to like Adam West Batman when he really likes Michael Keaton Batman, <laughs> and it turns out it's like a they're they're pitted against each other by the middle brother, so it's pretty adorable. Um, what was that? The fort? The, the ghost game? I don't the know ghost game? About. The ghost game. You like sit down on the porch, Uh-oh. and then you like touch the ghost on the TV, and you like in the okay. Kellen, do you see the monsters? <laughs> I think he's talking about there's a like a Dave and Buster style place we go to a lot mm-hmm. where he can like get tickets and he just cashes them in for m- matchbox cars. But um, there's a Ghostbuster game there too. Are you talking about that one where you sit down and catch them? Yeah. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, it's fun, huh, buddy? Yeah. Every time I had to push up to get the ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> I had to push up to the oven. I had to push down into the oven now. He's really talkative. <laughs> He knows the mic is on. Yes. Also, I think he thinks the ghost of Brad is here. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll also talk about movies that are coming out, movies that we've watched, and um, movie news. We're a movie podcast. We like movies. That's what we do. We like to, we like to boogie. We like to boogie? Yes. But, you know, like, no, seriously, I'm just I, – I keep thinking about this idea. Like, you and I, we're on our own this episode. We're the horror hounds of the gang. Yes. We we just all we do. I got the hockey mask right here. We do. We just recreate. It's like part it, five hockey mask, though. Y- yeah, but okay. B- bear with me here. <laughs> We're gonna recreate the epic Arsenio Hall Jason interview. <laughs> <laughs> all you have to did do. Did you hear like? <laughs> did you? Where's all Albuquerque? He's out of town. He has to go. He has to go do things for rich people. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. I had a really funny Friday the 13th thing, but I just got distracted. That's what happens when you have a kid. (laughs) You should behind the bench, then I should on your tweet to rust it down. Okay. There you go. Then I should the glass to be. I can't wait for Mattis to get that age. Right? They're just nonstop. (laughs) So, without Brad here... I guess it's time to go around town with Zach. We're going around town with Zach. Not Brad this week, because Brad is lame. Brad is on an airplane in the southern states, trying to do things for his company. But Zach is here, and he's on a moped, riding around town, checking out monkeys. 
of movies. What's that? He just got pulled over on a moped. How does that work? Because he didn't have proper registration, and uh, now he's in jail crying like a woman. Oh, shit. Another man touched my knuckles. <laughs> um, hey, what's happening around town? Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Well, um, the drive-in is going to be changing up their lineup. Um, starting on August 31st, you can see Crazy Rich Asians um, as the first bill, The Meg as the second, and the final will be The Equalizer 2, which um, I have not seen either of those, or all three of those. So really? I'm, I need to watch uh, The Meg, definitely. Um, I'm taking next week Oh, that's off. right. You pulled a Ryan when The Meg came out. Yeah, but <laughs> to be fair, Black Klansman is really good. Um, but uh, um, and then I want to see Equalizer 2 because I remember liking the first one. And Crazy Rich Asians, um, I was going to go see it eventually, but I'm not a rom-com fan, so I'm kind of like, or I've been a betrayed rom-com fan, I guess I should say. So this th- this might bring me back to it, because it looks like it's, it feels like an old-fashioned romantic comedy where it's like, it's there's like an elegance to it, and yeah. like it's production design and stuff like that. They're not afraid to go all out, you know? A uh, podcast listener and friend, Corinne, said it's a good movie to see. Nice. Um And then uh, for the Midnight Madness at the Esquire, you can see Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So get your coconuts ready, guys. Yeah, you're ready to go. Yeah. yeah. It's a good movie. I, I, I don't know if you know this, but a swallow cannot carry a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fun little fact that I read. I don't know if it's true on the internet. Sometimes you never know. But I guess um, when uh, John Cleese is playing the wizard when they have to uh, defeat before they have to defeat the rabbit, um, they do that bit where he's like, I'm known by many names. Well, what are you known as right now? Tim. And that, that line, apparently there was a long-ass name he was supposed to say, but instead he just said Tim and uh, Gilliam and Terry Jones rolled with it. <laughs> I mean, people like that and actors like that, sometimes you just got to, and sometimes you find gold. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Especially with the with the uh, the Python gang. Like, oh, yeah. They're full of wonderful things like if you rewatch A Fish Called Wanda, just watch Michael Palin do his thing as the... Oh, yeah, A Fish Called Wanda is brilliant. You know, I keep on... I, I have this itch to watch it because um, Jamie Lee Curtis has been so active lately. Mm-hmm. She's wonderful in it. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, I think it's Arrow put it out recently on Blu-ray. Yeah, and it's one I think I should get because I think the other one's pretty bare bones. Oh, yeah, yeah. You you want to get the one from Arrow. Um, and I think it's only like in the 18 to $21 range. So. And it's a good one. And because, you know, she's so active lately because of Halloween. Mm-hmm. It just makes me want to watch A Fish Called Wanda. You know what it makes me want to see again? True Lies, too. That's no, another but, one. I don't know why they don't put it on Blu-ray. Because James Cameron hates us? <laughs> I guess. But, I mean, it's owned by 20th Century Fox, and now Disney has it, so maybe. <laughs> You're never getting it, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting it. Thanks for joining my club. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. As an official D23 gold member, I demand True Lies on Blu-ray. I want you to break into their stock uh, stockholders meeting. <laughs> oh, that'd be so sweet. It's <laughs> like, I object. <laughs> Iger, sit your ass down. This is what's happening. Listen, you and Horn got to get your shit together. (laughs) And you can have me on all the special features. (laughs) Special featurette. Ryan of Real Nerds Podcast says, this is a great movie. (laughs) Over and over again. 50 times. (laughs) Because that's all the insight I have to it. The commentary is just you going like, that's cool. That's (laughs) cool. (laughs) Oh, this is where he shoots the missile with a guy on it. (laughs) I think he's dead. It's a premonition commentary. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, uh, that's what's going on around town. Awesome. Oh, actually, one more thing is that Brad got into the 48-hour finalist thing. He again. did. Yeah. Best of. Yep. So um, I, he always wonders if he's going to get in each year, and I'm just like, dude, you make quality work. Relax. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't remember a time when he hasn't, to tell you the truth. Mm, maybe at the beginning. Maybe. Do we have to go back in time to, <laughs> yes. to, to solve this mystery? <laughs> But yeah, that that's what's uh, going on around town. Oh, so yeah, so congratulations, Brad. Um, well deserved as always. Yeah, and I, he also won an award at Blissfest, uh, the Patrick Sheridan Unity Award. If I saying that correctly, yeah, he talked about it, but I don't know what it was like. He didn't describe what the award represented. No, at least that I saw, and he's really bad at like giving himself props. So I have no idea what the award is about. He just posted something really kind of flippant about it like oh i won an award yeah i appreciate it <laughs> i got a doorstop <laughs> i got a piece of paper to wipe my nose with <laughs> I, I, I got an award um uh, he's always been pretty um he's, he's, hum- he's, he's humble, humble yeah because yeah. he's always passes the praise on to other people in his work and right um he works hard and his stuff looks great yeah. so i'm not i'm not surprised every time he wins something mm-hmm. he is i'm not yeah no i i've run into the same thing i mean like i only have one one of them sitting out and it's the only reason is because it has to hold up lord of the rings on my shelf <laughs> no it's because you have an inflated ego zach and you have to have look at how look, look at my award look look at how fake the, and golden it is <laughs> that that's how you go on uh uh tell to pick up women you uh take out your award you're like you you want to know a movie about a 1930s radio they all say no ryan <laughs> will i ever stop find out next yeah. week <laughs> i'll let you know what 30s radio is all about is my relentlessness as bad as urkel <laughs> Tune <in> later <laughs> um but and then yeah. when you spill their drinks you say did i do that so yes <laughs> did i do that <laughs> quite like urkel <laughs> uh-huh. i still can't believe the end of that show was him going into space <laughs> Is it? I don't remember. I remember TGIF when I was younger. Me and my brothers would always watch it. So we like we liked. Uh, it's a giant show tomorrow. Okay, we like we liked Urkel, uh, Family Matters, and Step by Step. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other ones? Home Improvement. Did you used to watch all that stuff. Did you see the Key and Peele sketch where it's uh, they're talking to? Um, I can never remember the Family Matters father's name because he's supposed to be the lead in the show. But then Urkel got so popular. Mm-hmm. But they're talking to that guy. He's the same guy from Die Hard who played um, uh, the cop who shot. I think he's recently passed away. Yeah, I think he did recently. Yeah. But there's a sketch on it where he's trying to negotiate with the network president, played by Keegan Michael Key, about getting more screen time. And he's like, I can't. Urkel controls it all. And then <laughs> it cuts to Jordan Peele playing Urkel and like basically him being like a Damien presence <laughs> who like forces people to bend to his will. Love <laughs> it's it. Really fun. Uh, Key and Peel guys, they do really great work. They do. Watch Get Out and Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, that's what's going on around town. What's happening in movie news? It's real news. Um, well, someone you don't like anyway is not working on something that we all kind of still enjoy. Oh yeah, I'm so sad that I'm not going to get my. <laughs> Drugs injected into Bond, and he's going to have a trip-out scene. I just realized that hippie James Bond would be, like, dumb but amazing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Danny Boyle quit Bond 25. I'm not um, that surprised. Yeah, I. it seems like Danny Boyle wouldn't want to do It doesn't that. fit in that world at all. Yeah, I mean, like, and, like, we kid, but, like, and there is stuff that I don't like about Danny Boyle's work either, but I like that he's done no, I, his own stuff, you know? For a majority, I like his work. Yeah, I mean, like, 
I think the only sequel territory he's really run into is the train spotting thing, and that was just more of a yeah, reunion nice. thing. The mice got help too. Nice. The mice. Yeah. All right. So he calls Ash from Army of Darkness the skeleton fighter. Nice. I have a like an Army of Darkness defense game on my phone. Really? Is it? Is it, it's on iPhone, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Ooh, it, I want that. It's free. You should get it. Nice. It, yeah. Hello, Mister Fancy Pants. <laughs> You're leading two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. <laughs> Does Jack say shit? Yeah. Say. You're leading two things right now. You're doing two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack and shit. <laughs> Jack left town. You know what? I think I almost got that done in the line now. Okay. He said, give me some sugar, baby. Give me some sugar, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, buddy. Um, uh, that was Bruce Campbell. He's suing yes. us now. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. Turn on your lights tomorrow. Okay? I will turn on my lights yes. tomorrow. Yeah, uh, Kellen is adding commentary to this podcast. <laughs> you know, they did. He's like a Jewish. He's like, or he's like, a, he's like an overly concerned mother. Going yeah. like, hey, you should turn off your lights. You save on yeah. your bill. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I like the idea of Edgar Wright doing one. Yeah, that was among the list of people that were like they're targeting. They should. The only reason I wouldn't want Edgar Wright to do it is because, again, same with Danny Boyle. I like it when he does his own thing. Um, not to say that I still don't want that Ant-Man that he was going to do, but whatever. I like the Ant-Man we got now, so yeah. it's just fine. Um, and uh, this is also on James Bond News. It's not necessarily film-related, but um, you played the GoldenEye video game, right? Yeah. The creators confirmed that Oddball makes you a cheater. <laughs> yeah, you can't shoot him. Yeah, no, yeah. it's uh, They they came out and said it for Mel Magazine. Um, uh, okay. Well, they did an oral history on the creation of the game. And um, into the dig, they found the environmental artist said, like, yeah, no, it's a cheat. Yeah. No, but I just thought that was fun because, like, I remember Goldeneye. I only remember a few times where someone pulled Oddball, and I didn't understand why. Yeah. Because by the time I would have cared about it, I had moved on from N64. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, so um, vindication for all you uh, fans (laughs) out there who uh, were uh, epically frustrated. Yeah. uh, in the uh, streaming world, um, we got a, a couple of bit of news. I'll start with something small. Netflix might stop mailing movies by 2022, um, but they still have three million people on that DVD plan. Yeah, I, this is a, this doesn't sound like a regular or anything. This was gonna happen. You know, eventually. I will say something interesting. I, um, because obviously we're move, movie snobs, mm-hmm. and I try not to get things on DVD unless I have to. Right, and I'll talk about it later today. Um, but. Uh, I have friends that are posting, you know, they got Infinity War on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and some people had the DVD. Mm-hmm. So people still do get them. Right. Well, it's che- it is the cheapest option overall, especially on Disney's front. And I'm curious, because I haven't watched a recent movie on DVD. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the quality's gone up. You know what you might have to end up doing that with, because I was looking into it? Um, one of my favorite movies from this year, The Death of Stalin, mm-hmm. didn't get a Blu-ray release in this country. You can only get it on DVD from, um, uh, uh, I think it's uh, uh, IFC is the one who put it out here in this country. But you can get it on digital HD, like in the highest quality possible on digital, mm-hmm. but you can't get it on Blu-ray. So, like, I'd say if you – if you, you I mean, you like Veep and um, uh, that stuff. Oh, yeah. So the guy who did that did Death of Stalin. <laughs> so if you end up watching the movie – um, nice. you know, get it on DVD to own and just see how you enjoyed watching yeah. it. 
I mean, I don't know how it's going to look on a 4K TV, but... <laughs> you know, the, some of the stuff looks pretty... Uh, I'll talk about it later. Some of the stuff looks pretty good. Nice. As long as it's formatted right. I watched Dead Man on Campus a few weeks ago, and it wasn't formatted right. Mm-hmm. So it basically was the widescreen, but it also shrunk. So it was like a huge... It's like I was looking through a peephole the whole time. Right. Because it's black all the way around the screen, mm-hmm. and then the picture, because it wasn't formatted to stretch across the screen. Right. Um, and I think that Dead Man on Campus is a DVD from like '96, so mm, that uh, or well, it has to be '98 because it came out in '98. Yeah. yeah. What's in there? Uh, what, what's in there? Yeah. That's Zach. All, all my, I'm Zach, but that's all the stuff that my parents don't want to have upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's called storage. Yeah, it's called storage. You'll learn about it when you get too many things. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We are getting ready for Halloween mm. too. Yeah, I, that. My, Kellen sees it. My mom's gonna oh, yeah. get ready. She's gonna she and she's gonna flip out one uh, one day during the middle of the week. She's gonna be like, "We have to get it up now." <laughs> I love it. Whoa. What else is happening in the news world? Um. Um. Uh. There's a little update on the um Big Trouble in Little China remake. It's not gonna be a remake. Uh. They're saying it's a continuation, which sounds fun. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, the producer confirmed this today. Uh, it starts the, the Rock. So yeah, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He's obviously going to try to make it as well as he can. And I, I don't know. It's it's one of those movies that is really fun. Mm-hmm. And can you still make it a movie like that? And then now, because the '80s seemed as like the right time to make that movie because of how silly it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, don't I, I don't have any like I, I mean like they they announced this years ago that like the property was being yeah. developed and like. And I think it was only like three years ago, to be honest. But I, re- I remember thinking right away, like, I, I don't care if they remake it. Like, that's fine. Like, mm. remakes have been happening for years, like, all throughout. Uh, <laughs> hi, Callan. <laughs> I, I, I think nothing, but I don't trust my elderly eyes. There's a skeleton in there walking. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah, well, I hope well. he doesn't get any boots. Yeah. Because those boots aren't made for walking. <laughs> that was a terrible joke. I'm going to hell. Um, <laughs> Violet. <laughs> Violet. Um, but no, um, in terms of that remake or continuation, whatever they are going to be, there's nothing wrong with exploring that world. No, no I, I think so, too. I feel like if they're going to do a continuation, I don't know what that would entail in terms of how it would be recepted because or received, to be honest, because outside of – I don't know a lot of people outside of being film fans who like love, love, love Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Little China. So, like, I I love it because it's it's a Carpenter film that's certainly not amongst the, like, normal trend. And it's Kurt Russell's, one of his most iconic roles. Yeah. But. I, I, I like I like the energy it has. Yeah. And I think that could translate to the more mainstream or the people who've never heard of Big Trouble. You know what would be interesting, though? They said since it's a continuation and that also he isn't going to be playing Jack Burton. Yeah. The wonder is, is like, well, might we see Kurt again in some capacity? I'd love to see Kurt Russell That back. would be amazing. Kurt Russell and The Rock teaming up, I would buy uh, 800 tickets for that. Technically, they kind of not really have in the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. But we've only got a sampler of that. We might end up seeing But I'm talking Rock. about like in a like oh, yeah, little and, China world. It'd oh, be awesome. That'd be awesome. Them, them both failing like, to fight them properly. He, <laughs> he's like the young hotshot guy, and Kurt Russell is the old... Um, grizzled vet. It'd be amazing if Elder Jack Burton is like turning to whoever Dwayne Johnson would play, like, like this kid is dumb, and then he does something even dumber. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> like gonna have a Costello vibe and whatnot. Be awesome. Um, but yeah, so um, 
Hats off. It looks like John Carpenter products are getting a, a well-deserved revival. Um, this just came in today. Uh, remember when Alec Baldwin really wanted to play Batman years Alec ago? Alec Baldwin. Well, now he looks like he's going to play Batman's father in, uh, or at least that's the rumor, for the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie that Todd Phillips is working on. Hmm. Um, that would be cool because yeah. the only time he really got to play a caped crusader was in a movie that I love and you hate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for anybody who doesn't know, that's the Shadow from 1994. Yes, it's, the wonderful Shadow. It's fine if you like that show, <laughs> or if you like that radio show. No, it's not really. Um, back to the streaming world for a second. Uh, Disney, um, their streaming service got an official name, and it will cost less than Netflix. the uh, The service is called Disney Play. Well, here's the thing: is I think. Oh no, maybe it's Disney now. I, I don't know. I have a Disney. I think what's the Disney app I have right now? Let me look. Oh, that's Disney now. I'm like, I think that's already its name, but Disney Play makes sense. Disney Play, yeah, sounds fine. It sounded like they were going to make it sound like super epic, yeah. like something that you but, would never I mean, believe. Uh, but no, Disney Play, that sounds fine. Um, and the subscription costs will be there. Iger thinks that they're going anywhere between eight to fourteen dollars a month. So, I mean, I'm going to get it. Eric, I'm going to get it as long as they have shows that and content that you're not able to get because. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people will get it for Marvel and Star Wars and things like that. I want it for, like, Pollyanna or the Apple Dumpling Gang. Stuff I I can get on DVD, but I don't necessarily want to own. I can just stream it. Right, like Love Bug, Swiss Family Robinson. Exactly. Swiss Family Robinson. And I'm looking for baby classic shorts. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all, that's all I really want. I think that's the – because actually we were talking about the um, – it's not coming out this week on Blu-ray, but you were you sent the info on that Mickey Blu-ray for the 75th anniversary. 90th uh, or 90th yeah sorry um i think that that's the ideal place for the shorts to go because that's where they'll be most watched i, I think so too and i want them as a collector but i'm willing to make this concession i know i you know I, i've been doing some research on it like the the cover art's awesome it starts with uh like the up iworks mickey and it evolves all the way up to like uh john lassiter mickey yeah like uh modern mickey i guess yeah <laughs> That's that's wrong. John Lester never did that. Oh no! Oh no! And it's only 13. welcome back to the land of the living. And this now pick up a shovel and get to work. One of my favorite lines <laughs> in the movie. Um, what makes me mad is so I pre-ordered it on Amazon, mm-hmm. and then I forgot Amazon and Disney are fighting Ooh. for like years now. Yeah. And so I pre-ordered it on Amazon, and it, it started out like uh, I think it's listed at twenty-four. And then when I first pre-order it said 16.99. I'm like, whatever. I'll take I'll pay 16 bucks for Mickey Mouse cartoons in HD. Mm-hmm. And then 3 days later I got an email saying, uh, this is no longer available. We'll email you when it is." <laughs> Meaning they're not going to let you pre-order it. You have to pay retail price. <coughs> and by retail price, I mean their suggested retail price of $24 mm. to get it. So, I'll just wait till it comes out or I'll get it on the Disney Club. Um I'm not going to do the stupid thing with Amazon. Yeah, no, I I agree. I already I- I had I had the issue with them. I don't think I told you last week, two weeks ago, but I had an issue with them within the mouth of madness. Oh yeah, no, yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, because shout was because I freaked out on him too. Mm-hmm. And I said, I told him like, why am I ordering from you? Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, like, I I will say that like the I I kind of bend to their will a little easier because there is stuff that like it's it's not a, it's never a pre order situation with me most of the time. Like, um, one of the things we'll talk about in Blu-ray releases, I, the pre-order's gone fine and it's coming tomorrow. Yeah, no, and that's, here's the thing is, I only pre-order stuff because usually through the course of its pre-order life, mm-hmm. so 
in the mouth of mass is a good example and that when you pre-order it's 24.95 right so the price fluctuates based on how many things people buy i understand the business model mm-hmm. and at a at one point it dropped to 1506 mm. so my price is locked at that right um, but like whereas mine because it told me it was out of stock exactly and then suddenly became available again i had to it, it th- thankfully went back down to 1999 yeah but and at, at I, one point it was like 28 and here's a I don't care about paying $19. I like Scream Factory. Obviously, I'll talk about it later. I'm writing a whole articles about them. I right. love Scream Factory. Yeah, this is nothing against it's nothing, Scream. It's nothing, and it's not the price. It's just Amazon, you go to it because they're supposed to, they're the number one retailer in the world. Mm-hmm. They get the most product, and so they should offer prices because I know that the more you buy as Amazon <laughs> as a company, the less people charge you because you're buying so much of it. Right. So that they didn't drop the price is, it's, irritating and I, and i'm at the point now because like trick-or-treat comes out in a month mm-hmm. and all this stuff and it's still at 34.95 and on scream right now it's 22 dollars, mm-hmm. and then i can get it two weeks early and i don't care about the posters mm-hmm. but they also send you a poster yeah so i might just start pre-ordering them yeah actually there's uh okay <laughs> he's like really excited about oh yeah him. he's he's a ball of energy today yeah um uh, this is um, uh, we got two more pieces of news. Um, this is uh, sorry, we me and Zach go on tangents. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, this is actually Comic Con related. Um, this came through today. Um, I'm pulling this up from San Diego uh, local news. Um, a federal judge has awarded San Diego Comic Con 3.9 million in legal fees. Um, uh, in a copyright infringement lawsuit filed in 2014 against Salt Lake City's Comic-Con convention. Yeah. So now, basically what this lawsuit is implying, um, and its victory implies, is that you can't call your con Comic-Con anymore. Yeah, so here's the... You can call it... So, for example, Denver Mm Comic-Con. You cannot say it's Comic-Con. Right. The Comic-Con is... The San Diego thing, and yeah, and it's, it's just another thing where people are like, "Oh, you're so freaking Hollywood now." Yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know how to really justify San Diego's action in this one because it seems like they know they're already the hot shit. It's not like anybody's gonna exactly. mistake Denver Comic Con for San Diego. You know, it goes back. That'd be amazing if someone did, though. <laughs> it goes back to uh, it was like 20 years ago, maybe even longer. So the WWE used to be the WWF, mm-hmm. and then they lost a lawsuit to the World Wildlife Federation. <laughs> And and that at that point it's like they only chose the World Wildlife Federation because it's more respectable than the World Wrestling Federation. Right. So now it's World Wrestling Entertainment, which is fine, but it's just a, a stupid lawsuit. You know what I mean? On the on the plus side, Vince McMahon could get endangered animals to fight. Right. <laughs> That's terrible. We don't want that to happen, guys. We don't want that to happen. Um. Um, and then uh, the last piece of news, unfortunately, is sad, um, but life well lived. Um, screenwriter and uh, playwright Neil Simon passed away at the age of 91. I love Neil Simon. I do, What's too. your favorite Neil Simon? Sunshine Boys. Always Sunshine Boys. I love um, the apartment. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I hate you. That's Jack Lemon, first of all. <laughs> um, no, but, I mean, um, to, quickly for anybody who doesn't know what Neil Simon is, and Ryan, um, he... <laughs> He wrote The Odd Couple, Barefoot in the Park, Promises, Promises, Goodbye Girl, and Lost in Yonkers. And if you ever want to know how to break Zach, just say stupid stuff like that. <laughs> because when you talk about radio and Neil Simon and anything. Golden Age of Hollywood. Golden Age, just 
And anything Just dig old, it in. Anything old. You want to talk about the Civil War? Let's talk about the Civil yeah. War. No, I. Uh, <laughs> no, the Odd Couple obviously is it's um, a masterpiece in comedy. It's just so fun, and he's so witty. His his dialogue is really witty. He um, uh, and you were a theater kid, mm-hmm. so like, and, and I and I was too to a certain extent. But every acting class that I took, Neil Simon popped up somewhere, and and eventually we ended up doing the scenes from the Odd Couple as part of our finals. And I think I I remember doing the spaghetti linguine scene. Oh yeah, um, as ours. Um, which uh, is it's an amazing piece of comedy my, in terms of how you get the actor to work. Yeah, my claim to fame in high school drama was uh, I was Oscar in The Odd Couple. We put on The Odd Couple. That is beautiful casting. And uh, <laughs> I used to – so uh, you can ask Brad. I, I like to do PSs, and I – for the most part – so when I was in actual theater, I would follow the script pretty close. But there's a part uh, right after the spaghetti part where you take the – plate of spaghetti and you throw it against a wall right and oscar who i played had a monologue and it's really funny mm-hmm. and it's yeah and it did make it dirty um but there felix leaves and then oscar has a monologue that's brilliant and mm-hmm. he's talking about how he just despises him and blah 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 and i would always change it um so it used to drive the the tech crew crazy because uh, all the friends came back at that point. Uh, Felix didn't come back. It was all his buddies. Yeah. Cause it's the final poker game. Exactly. Now. So I, I would always have these little um, things that had to deal with people around. And so I would always change it. And I always told uh, Cliff was the head of our tech. And I said, when I stop, do the knock, like just when I stop. And so I, there's, I think is closing night. I went on for like four or five minutes. Wow. Just about. And, I'll never forget. I didn't know if my drama teacher like it, Mr. Klug. He's a great guy, but he used to. He was so funny uh, on stage. Right, he used to put up this like wooden barrier mm-hmm. so he could be left alone and watch the show, and no one would sit around him. Uh. So he'd sit down, and I was about halfway through this semi rehearsed, semi just winging it monologue mm-hmm. with Neil Simon's words and mine, and he was just <laughs> laughing so hard. And I, when I was done, and it, because this is the last show, I was like, "Fuck it, I don't care." Right. And uh, if you were in theater, it's the last show. You kind of do stupid shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I was going, 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 and I I remember talking long. I'm pacing back and forth, stage left to stage right, and I'm looking up, and I can see the tech guys in the spotlight guy going, "Oh my god, what are you doing?" <laughs> and it was done, and I got done with the show, and I came out, and he said brilliant and i and i knew i got it but no i love the odd couple the odd couple's a brilliant the odd couple is an amazing piece and um uh but um and actually i like the odd couple too it's a film he wrote mm-hmm. as the sequel direct sequel to the film version of the original odd couple yeah. um it's it's not the same thing but i like the progression of the characters um but yeah the sunshine boys is my personal favorite not just because of its connection to the people they got for the film version but if you read that play he says a lot of very mature things mm-hmm. about what it is to be motivated to be in show business. Like it's it's almost like a love. It's like a it's a love letter yeah. to show business. Not necessarily playwriting Hollywood, whatever. It's it's about show business in general. The the um one of the most brilliant things about the film version that Herbert Ross did with Matt Allen Burns is that he starts it with the Donald O'Connor song from Singing in the Rain, make it laugh, mm-hmm. make him laugh. But it's an instrumental version, and. There's a moment um, at the end of the play where uh, uh, the the two elderly vaudevillians are discussing um, 
what broke down um, on this show that they were supposed to do. And then it kind of stops. They they reconcile briefly for like the course of like I want to say half a page, and then they just start to, like they they don't reach a conclusion of we've made peace. Mm-hmm. But then right after that, they talk about well what was in Variety this week, and they talk about another performer that had died, and then they keep trying to argue over. Who was the person that died? Was it the same person that they were thinking of or was it another person that they were thinking of? These old people that they knew from their days in vaudeville. And it's one of the most beautiful endings to anything I've ever seen because of just how it manages to sum up like you're never going to get that wound healed that you want. But you're gonna get like a different, like it's a scar, but it's but it's still healed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I, I think he's very good. Most of his stuff doesn't end on a good note. Oh yeah, no, you he's... know, but he's he's funny to get there, and then he brings real life into it. No mm-hmm. matter really what he wrote, and I think that's why he's so successful. Mm-hmm. No, as a playwright, but in a movie because it's it's unconventional. Mm-hmm. His dialogue is so great, but it works really well. I'm scared, buddy. Be afraid of right here. Okay. Don't be afraid of noises. You're a big boy. Um, but yeah, no, a, a wonderful, talented writer. Oh yeah. Who, um, I mean, he had the Neil Simon Theater named after him in the um in the '80s after all of his success. There was a time where he had four shows going on at once, um, on Broadway. Oh, I. And he was a true powerhouse. Like there's and there's in another... the '60s. I don't know if there's a comedic writer who's better. Um, in terms of definitely in terms of Broadway, yeah. I mean, with film, I mean. with film, it's a weird argument. You can go well, with Reiner or Brooks or yeah, like, something but, like but that. But I would, I mean, in, on Broadway, the, no, no, no one's names brighter. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because when you start having a <laughs> a title that says Neil Simons, mm-hmm. you know you're in. For you're something. made it. The one show that I never got, what two shows that I never got to see on Broadway that I wish I could have were. One of the original runs of the producers on Broadway, mm-hmm. and the other one is when Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick did The Odd Couple. Yeah, that would have been amazing. I know people didn't like it in the critical community, but I would have wanted to watch that just for the, the type. <laughs> Theater critics are strange. They vary. <laughs> I, I I have a hard time reading the reviews because I'm just like, well, what do you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but again. Don't don't come after me, theater critics, yeah. please. Um, but yeah, no, he did other uh, great stuff and whatnot. Um, Gingerbread Lady's a great one. Red Hot, Last of the Red Hot Lovers with Alan Arkin. Mm. Um, Love and, Alan Arkin. Yeah, you know. So yeah, um, Neil Simon, Life Well Lived, also wrote for your show of shows with Mel Brooks, yeah. Carl Reiner, um, uh, all those guys. And um, Mel Brooks did a tribute for him on Facebook that was lovely. He said like he was definitely the nicest person to ever work with. So um, shout out to Neil Simon. You will Heck be missed. yes. I'll definitely be. Rewatching Sunshine Boys. I have it on my iTunes account. I don't have the Blu-ray of it yet because it's an archive thing. Mm. Um, but you know, I f- was trying to find Odd Couple on Blu-ray. That thing's out of print. It's eighty bucks. Oh, yeah, and it's got to be used because there's no copies yeah. in Amazon stock. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that is news. Hey, we also watch movies on Blu-ray, and to help you, we're going to tell you what's coming out on Blu-ray next week. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, I mean, the big one is something I'm excited about. Yeah. 
I mean, I have most of the movies, right? But I do have one coming that I'm really excited about. We're gonna talk about it last because we'll get through the the direct first, because <laughs> the, then we'll just geek out. Um, well, uh, among the new releases, um, upgrade, tag, and um, uh, I think it's just upgrade and tag, isn't it? Yeah, just upgrade and tag. Oh no, and RBG are coming to Blu-ray uh, this week. Um, like, I, I don't see anything for a 4K. Did you like upgrade? upgrade? I did, but I will fully admit it's Saw with uh, AI. So the, the thing I don't. So I I was thinking about getting it. Uh, it's one. I don't care. It's not on 4K. That's fine. There's no special features on the Blu-ray. Really? It's just the movie. Hmm. I just read the review on Blu-ray.com. So that's one I'll wait till it's like five or six bucks. That stinks. Uh, they're reissuing um, the Child's Play movies that are under Universal's banner. Banner. So. Um, you can get Child's Play 2, 3, Bride of Chucky, and Seed of Chucky. Although, if you got that really cool seven-film collector set, you're already good to go. Yeah, I got I got the five <laughs> when it came out. <laughs> oh, nice. You see, you didn't get the new one with the doll, um, with the doll pop-out, did you? Because um, that's the one I heard has all the documentaries on it and stuff. Um, but, yeah, um, on the uh, re-release front, uh, Tucker, the Man in His Dreams, is getting re-released. For Which one, I'm sorry? Digital. Tucker, the Man in His Dreams. Uh, the Jeff Bridges movie. Um, and then um, from uh, Shout Factory, Scream Factory, we've got Brain Scan with Edward Furlong, which I heard about. I've never seen this. It sounds ridiculous, so I might end up wasting my money on it at some point. It is pretty ridiculous. I don't remember it. It's one of those movies. I'm older than you, so I, I rented it at Blockbuster on video. Really? And I don't remember it. Wow. I mean, if, if nothing to see another Edward Furlong performance, I guess. Um, I Olive Films is uh, releasing the Wachowski brother sisters' first film, uh, Bound, uh, which is with Jennifer a good movie. I, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember loving it. Um, and Jennifer Tilly's great in it, and Gina Gershon oh, yeah. as well. Um, from uh, Vinegar Syndrome, uh, this is one that I wanted to read the plot synopsis for because I lost my shit over it for some reason. Um, not Wonder Woman, Wonder Women. Oh. On Blu-ray, Vinegar Syndrome, Blu-ray and DVD, movie from 1973. This is the one-line description of the our, of this film, Brian. An evil woman makes a good living by kidnapping famous athletes, chopping them up, and selling their re- their remaining viable parts to the elderly rich until an insurance detective catches on and saves the day. <laughs> you know, those insurance detectives are pretty good. This sounds insane. I don't know what you want. This is like one of those like like we've talked about the ones that like James picks out and whatnot. Like this is where I'm just like no no no, we have to talk well, about the horror element here, which is this woman chopping up famous athletes. Yeah, the the vinegar syndrome is very um, eclectic to say the least. Yeah, they. Ha- I mean, I I have uh, Jack Frost from them, mm-hmm. but the, a lot of their stuff. So when you order from them, um, you get like a catalog, mm-hmm. and a lot of it's like uh, softcore porn really obscure horror films. Right. But then every once in a while, they release something like Jack Frost or... Man, I think I have a couple Vinegar Syndrome, but I have to think about what I have from them. But they do good name titles. Like, yeah. Or like pop culture yeah. flashy they're, ones. They're, they're goofy. They're really just goofy. <laughs> and, and, I mean, there's there's niche artist uh, market for it, and I think, I think it's awesome they're released. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, I lied. There are two other new releases from this year. Um, Mary Shelley, the Elle Fanning biopic of Mary Shelley, um, and Book Club. So if you wanted to watch Candace Bergen uh, back on the big screen, you can watch Book Club. I always liked Murphy Brown. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually excited to see it come back. Yeah, um, she's funny. It's, it's a show that I don't think about regularly. Yeah. Um, 
I like it when she fights with a puppet because I'm like, ha, because your father was a ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> um, Deep cut. Yep, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then really the last thing is um, Universal's re-releasing the Psycho sequels um, in new packaging, which yeah. is whatever because like – I think um, I, think I have the Scream Factory stuff, and I think they're still available technically. So yeah, I think what happens is the licensing runs out, and I don't know if they might. I don't know if they're going to port over the Scream Factory stuff, um, but if you're thinking about if you, you don't know if you want a Psycho movie, mm-hmm. uh, I always tell people you should see Psycho Four because mm-hmm. I think it's actually really good. Oh, it is really um, good, it's and a, it's Mick Garris's like, in my opinion, it's Mick Garris's masterpiece. It's a very different movie, and it's cool because you kind of see him, mm-hmm. how he becomes the way he is. I, yeah. I've always loved it. And it's written by Joseph Stefano, who was the original writer for Psycho, yeah. um, who adapted the novel from Robert Block. Um, I would want to get him just for the um, uh, the, the additional interviews and stuff because yeah. I don't believe it's the same interviews that mm. – maybe it is. It's, it might be similar ones that Rob Galuzzo got for the Psycho Legacy mm. um, uh, documentary, which – is a is is like it's 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 got a lot of material that I like to dig into. Yeah. That DVD, that two disc set is mm. like packed with stuff. Oh, it's yeah. wonderful. Um, but the last last thing uh, we saved this best for last. Uh, the Universal Classic Monsters thirty film Blu Ray set is coming to my doorstep tomorrow. Oh, you ordered the whole thirty discs. I I I did love it. it. I did it. I, it. I was just like, you know what. Life is too short. I'm gonna I know. die. I'm gonna die of like cancer at some point. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I torn on this because um so I have the steel books from Best Buy from last year. Right. And, and they're amazing. And they're doing another new steel book of the eight essentials this year. Are they? Yeah. Um, without with new Alex Ross art. That's awesome. So the 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 problem too is so um uh you did the right thing. So the Dracula and Frankenstein and Wolfman sets, there's a lot of overlapping because they're the most popular monsters. Right. So, I mean, House of Dracula, House of Frankenstein shows up on all of them. Right. Um, so the only thing I have coming tomorrow is the essential Invisible Man mm-hmm. because I'll probably get Creature as well. Right. Um, but the Invisible Man, I only have the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that one comes, I think, with six movies, so five have yeah, never been you, on Blu-ray. Yeah, because you get The Invisible Man Returns, The Invisible Agent, The Invisible Woman, and The Invisible Man... Something, Stress and it's Abba and Costello meet The Invisible Man. Yeah, yeah, and that's the that's And the I've never seen one. that one. I've That's that's a good one. It's not as good as Frankenstein. Well, one. nothing is, but... Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. You so know, the, I'll be getting some Invincible Man. The only one they don't have on this, and I can't remember if it was with Universal, it must have been, but uh, Abbott and Costello, uh, Abbott and Costello meet the killer Boris Karloff. Yeah, um, which I'm not sure. It, to be fair, it's very hard to justify restoring all Abbott and Costello movies because yeah. not all of them are still relevant. Yeah, it, it's weird that they're not in that though. I, it seems like they should just put it in there. It's I th- well, and I think it might be an issue of how much do we really want to charge for all these? Like, yeah. what's the market still today? I'd be curious if if they release numbers to see how well this sells. Well, it's interesting is because I think they actually have an individual release of the Invisible Man, uh, yes, Abba Costello. They do right here. So uh, it deserves to have it. So um, we'll see. I I've only seen the Invisible Man, the original, the one with Vincent Price is fun. You'll like that one. I haven't seen the other one, so uh, we'll Invis- see. I heard they kind of go to more comedic uh, route. Oh with yeah, them. Invisible Woman is a nutso movie. It's it's. 
it's funnier than Memoirs of an Invisible Man mm. with Chevy Chase. Um, so I'm excited. And then uh, Invisible Agent is a fun Nazi punching movie. Because I think um, The Invisible Man is the most underrated universal monster movie. Hands down. Because it's brilliant. And the special effects are stunning. Uh, Claude Rains is amazing mm-hmm. and he's the most evil one of them i think he kills hundreds of people in it well i know he does because he derails a train so i'm always torn what my favorite claude rains performance is if it's either uh, for, um griffin mm. or if it's um uh uh, uh louis in casablanca that's oh, tough i i i i usually go towards casablanca because well. that character <laughs> is extremely deep and complicated but it's fun to watch the Invisible Man. No, it's fun. It's more fun. <laughs> if you want a more nuanced performance, it's definitely Casablanca. Yeah, um, but yeah, and uh, this set's gonna like occupy myself for my vacation next oh, week. That's so amazing. I'm, I'm going through every one of them. Love it. You're gonna hear a review for each one. <laughs> they have great uh, special features on them too. Yeah, and it, it's nothing else. I get some of those retrospectives that I used to watch on the VHSs yeah. when I was a kid. And that's what's cool. They really didn't. I think they produced a couple of new ones. But it's really yes, buddy. <laughs> Golly, um, but uh, yeah, the the old stuff I really like. Um, I'll, I'll talk about in what we've been watching. Um, yeah, cool, cool, yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's Blu-rays. This is what we've been watching. So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Zach, what'd you watch this week? Not a lot since uh, Jay's passing kind of threw a wrench into it. Um, always does any. Uh, schedule that I would have had but I did manage to watch a couple of things um I so I got the Friday the 13th Paramount 8 film collection recently like not yes. too long ago um because obviously I missed the boat on that wonderful all the film set that's now like <laughs> 600 bucks on Amazon it's 200 but that's still like on eBay but it's still not like that's not I would affordable enough to for me to go like sure it's, uh, yeah I because, like, honestly, when am I going to... It's. I mean, they're super limited. I forget how many they made. Right. I remember when it came out, um, <coughs> I didn't. I, I took a chance I didn't order off Amazon because mm-hmm. I knew it was coming in at 10, mm-hmm. and I didn't want it to show up because, you know, the mail guy's like, yeah, I don't know what this is, and just chucks it everywhere. And so I took a chance to get it. Kellen, you're driving me crazy, bud. Um, I took a chance, and I went to Best Buy when they opened, and they only had one. Mm. And so I, I got it, and... Um, it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways. No, yeah. But, and also my thing is, it's like, I, I don't mind Jason X. I haven't watched uh, Friday or Jason Goes to Hell more than maybe twice. So, like, my, if I got those on DVD, I wouldn't be the saddest boy in the room, you know? So. Yeah. Um, um, those ones, I think you're going to have to right now because I'm surprised the Paramount released those ones with the legal troubles they're in because that's a pretty new set, right? Um, th- this new no, yeah. well, this one, this one just has the ones that Paramount owns. Um, they just have one through Manhattan, um, and then Jason goes to hell and Jason X are Freddie Jason and the remake. Those right? are all new line. The only one of the new line available is uh, Freddie versus Jason yeah. on Blu-ray. Um, but like I said, Jason X, Jason goes to hell. I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not opposed to the blue. Uh, the DVDs of that one. But anyway, um, my plan was to watch. Um, at least the first four to, mm-hmm. to talk about him because, as I've stated in the past, Jason's my number three guy, um, <laughs> and that's just because I'm a dirty, dirty Michael fan, um, and Freddie's kind of like my second in choice. Um, but Boo. I will always admit that uh, the Jason movies are endlessly entertaining and, and immensely watchable. So I rewatched Friday the 13th, part one, or just Friday the 13th, for the first time in HD. Um, I still like the movie. I think it's great. Um, if we're talking about Sean Cunningham's work, I think it's my favorite of his work. 
Um, that's that's kind of a narrow scope. Yeah. Um, but um, he kind of transitioned to a producer. He, I, I don't know how much he directed. Well, he Deep was, Star Six, and he was more of a producer before even yeah. Friday. Um, and then he did a little directing with the house and um, the Deep Six Rising, mm-hmm. and then he kind of moved off of it. Yeah, I don't think he's directed anything in a while. Because <laughs> he's living on fat money, son. I would. Um, but so anyway, um, rewatching it f- now for the first time in HD, um, my I, I loved it. It looked great. They the transfers um, great. This is the Paramount like transfer where I was like, this looks good because mm. they didn't do a good job on my Mission Impossible one mm. one. Um, but uh, solid film. If you've never seen it, a bunch of teens are getting killed at a camp that's being reopened. You find out that the camp's cursed. Um, a death curse. A death curse. Walt Gurney. Walt, Walt Gurney. Yeah, love, love Ralph. Crazy Ralph. Um, but uh, the the thing that I noticed in HD on this one is that, like, so with HD, you get vivid color, um, like all that stuff on Blu-ray for like the upgrades and stuff. Um, when they do a restoration, I don't think this is 4K. This more looks more like a like they just got it up to speed with the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. But all the kill sequences that are in brighter light, yeah, you can see Tom and, Savini's makeup. Yeah, the makeup does isn't blended in as well. Yeah, and, and it's sure I'm just a product of the time. It is, and it's not a detriment or like an insult to Tom Savini's work because it still looks amazing. It's just that like it was the first time I ever noticed the lines on Kevin Bacon's torso for when mm-hmm. they shoved the arrow through him. Um, you know, I always noticed it on Aunt, um Is Annie the girl killed at the beginning? Very beginning, gets her throat slashed. What's her name? Uh, I I I know who you're talking about. It's, it's the it's the hitchhiking yeah, one. Yeah, trying to get you can to see town. the neck uh, application on it. I I kind of did, but I didn't notice it as much as obviously Kevin Bacon's is like out there. Yeah, like you can clearly see it. And then also the girl he was sleeping with, um, uh, when she gets it, I can see her um her her thing mm-hmm. a lot more clear. But the de- the decapitation works just fine. Mm-hmm. As long as you haven't seen Crystal Lake Memories and remember that it's Tom Savini's hands grasping at the headless body of Pamela Voorhees and not Betsy Palmer's. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, I forgot, but Betsy Palmer scares the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, we were talking er, uh, earlier this week. You can actually see her in um, on the cabin. Mm-hmm. So it kind of spoils it because it has higher resolution. Right. Like, oh, it does, and it doesn't matter if you change like the backlighting on your TV yeah. and whatnot. You're still gonna see it. Like I, yeah. I, I, I fudged around with the features on my TV to be like, can I get this to not do that? <laughs> and it might be too because I know it so well. So when I see the blue sweater and the blonde hair, mm-hmm. I might automatically default to that. Right. Um, well, even like and, and big fans are obviously gonna know that stuff going in mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I still like it. I've got, I've got all day tomorrow to try to catch up on some more. I'm, nice. I'm excited to watch part two again. Um, part four, I've watched, I've, I watched four and eight the most because mm-hmm. I've watched them like each like four times. What I've always said, I think four is the ultimate Friday the Thirteenth film, between uh, nudity, senseless killing, and a mean Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think six is the best film, mm-hmm. um, but the ultimate Friday the Thirteenth is part four. Right. Um, I, I I like six a lot for the same reasons, just because it's like it's it's done very well. It's it's the best made one of yeah. them for sure. I like eight because it's ridiculous too. It is. Um, seven is interesting, but there's a better cut out there that we'll never get. Yeah, At seven. I I'm torn. I think the direction is sloppy. I think Beekler's a horrible director. But I just want to see what he was going to do with those kills. Yeah, but, but the Jason and the and the uh, gore is amazing. Yeah, no, and it was the first Kane Hodder that we got. Exactly. Too, so obviously, we're indebted to it. Um, and then, um, 
I went to the Alamo Film Club um, uh, the day after we recorded last week's episode, and I saw King Cohen, which is the documentary about Larry Cohen, the director of the It's Alive trilogy, um, <laughs> the uh, uh, Black Caesar, which is a uh, film that Brad and I saw at the Esquire Midnight's uh, a couple years back, which and I had seen it before, but I hadn't seen it on a big screen. That's why I dragged him to it. Um, but if you don't know who Larry Cohen is, he's a screenwriter primarily, but he's also a d- prolific director who worked mainly in the 70s and 80s and early 90s um, uh, in terms of directing. And he was kind of a run-and-gun filmmaker, and he he, he really kind of emphasizes the, the definition of guerrilla filmmaking in terms of his style and technique and the way he got certain shots accomplished. Um, one of his most prolific films, I think, is probably Cue the Winged Serpent. Yeah. Um, in terms of just like how many people probably you get that for nine bucks from Scream Factory. I know, and it's and it's, it's a pretty decent transfer from what I've heard. But yeah, you can borrow um, it if you want. But they talk about a story that I'd never heard about that film before, and it's actually really amazing. Is that there's a scene where the the the, the serpent is supposed to be circling around the Chrysler Tower yeah. and whatnot. Well, um, they they were doing renovation work at the top of that tower. And so they paid the window washers to hold um, the fake machine guns and stuff and fire out and around like madmen. It caught the attention of the cops. Um, and among the cops that were asked to come to the scene were cops who were working the set of Trading Places by John <laughs> Landis. Um, and it scared the city of New York so much that they had to put an ad in Variety apologizing that they mm. scared New York City. And they make a good point in the documentary. Like half the stuff Larry did, did on set – you can't do anymore because of 9-11, mm-hmm. because of the fact oh, that yeah. we are tight-knit in security nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, but And it was uplifting in, to watch that film in the respect of, like, if you are an, uh, an aspiring filmmaker of any, like, type or fashion, this is a guy to look up to. Regardless if you want to do the, the, the work that he does in terms of genre is, is primarily his shtick. Um, this guy you want to look up to because it, 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 it's a perfect example of dedication like you don't want to know how prolific this guy is martin scorsese uh is in the documentary and he praises the shit out of larry cohen for being one of the last people to use a bernard herman score along with him but also just the way larry did things Mm -hmm. like i mean he was in charge of bernard herman's funeral Hmm. um and this is the guy who did the psycho score and the citizen kane score and the his last one was taxi driver but his Second to last was It's Alive, hmm. which is a wonderful score, and he was allowed to do anything he wanted on that score because Larry just said, like, I don't care. Do what the fuck you, whatever the fuck you want to do. You're the, you're the genius, not me. Um, so it's not getting a traditional theatrical release, this documentary. Um, Steve programmed it because he thought it would be a fun watch for the group, um, and I love talking about it with him afterwards. Um but you can uh, get it, I believe, now on VOD, and then in September you can get it on Blu-ray. Um, but it is one of the f- most fun documentaries I've seen this year. Nice. Um, it, it definitely is in contention for Film Explosion because I appreciated it that much. Um, they, a lot of people had a lot of nice things to say. They also talk a lot about Phone Booth and how Phone Booth, uh, the voice of the guy over the phone that Colin Farrell's talking to, was, was, well, the original guy wasn't working. So he told Joel Schumacher, like, hey, I don't think this is working. Joel said, you sure? Like, yeah. Okay. That's when Joel Schumacher called in Keith or Sutherland to do it. So you know. And then, and, and you watch that movie, like, Keith or Sutherland's great in oh, that Keith voice. Keith or Sutherland's always great. Yeah. But this is, and this isn't even him on screen. No, it's a voice yeah. performance. Um, and that's a testament to Larry's script because that oh, script absolutely. is fucking great. I, I love what I like about the movie, too. It's really short. 
it's mm-hmm. like right to the point. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't uh, mishmash with words the way I do. Um, so, uh, but yeah, um, it, it's a great documentary. I'm, I'm glad he's still around to talk about this stuff too because it's like it's um, he's among those filmmakers who I, I want to hear every story possible before we lose him. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, and then this isn't a um a film, but um, it's related tangentially to us. I got to see the great podcast of 1939, um, which is a which was a live Denver show, um, with Hal Rail, Maggie Roswell, and um, uh, Comic Con real nerds guest Brian Cummings, uh, all voice artists in the area. And now, they, don't worry, that interview might be coming. Yeah, um, and that um they basically did a recreation of old time radio, um, in a spin the dial format. So basically, they do many versions of different types of uh, radio programs you would have heard back in the day. So they did a soap opera. They did a teenage dating one. They did a wonderful Maltese Falcon um, uh, spoof called the uh, Maltese Clock, uh, clock uh, Cuckoo Clock. Um, um, uh, and uh, But they kind of like move in and out of it. It's a, it's a wonderful production. You would want to see it live. I know they're going to release it. They're going to try to release an audio version of it at some point. But the live version is awesome because you get to see them work the sound effects, which is essential to that kind of performing. Um, And you also kind of get to see stuff that you wouldn't get to see if you're just listening to it on the podcast. So it's it's worth the money that you'd pay to go down and watch these guys who are very talented, who have worked in uh, film and television for years, especially in animation, like Maggie Roswell's um, was Maude Flanders on The Simpsons and is still Helen Lovejoy on The Simpsons. Uh, Hal's the voice of the Predator in Predator 2. Uh, and Brian's done tons of stuff where there's the Berenstein Bears, the Gummy Bears, and the Stove and Beauty and the Beast. So the uh, watching them perform is amazing. And they have a local people who are doing the show too, and it's wonderful. The one that I um, – and I told you about this, but I'll repeat it – the best one of the best sketches hands down was at the very end where they did an adventure show where it's Amelia Earhart and Eleanor Roosevelt team up to solve mysteries together. And this week's mission was to save Charles Lindbergh from being brainwashed by Hitler, (laughs) Um, which if you know, Charles Lindbergh history, that's it's, it's kind of layered in all its forms. (laughs) It's it's Um, a deep cut. But one of the funniest lines is they, uh, the, the guy who's playing Hitler makes Hitler sound like droopy dog. And uh, when, uh, I think it's Amelia is winding up to punch him. He goes, please, not in this watch, because <laughs> then they punch him. And then, like, that's that's the end of it. It's wonderful. Um, but so, yeah, um, they're trying to do more shows. Um, they're part of a company called The Denver Herd. I would check them out um, online. Uh, they're it, It's a wonderful show. It was really awesome getting to talk to them afterwards with it, too. So just kind of hearing how they got mm-hmm. this all started. So, um, But, yeah, that is all I watched or witnessed this week. Uh, I have a few things I missed last week. I I didn't get off work that night until like ten thirty. Damn, it was awful. Um, anyways, uh, I watched Batman Bad Blood, which is a third part in um like a DC animated thing dealing with Damian Wayne. Mm. Um, and it's pretty good. Uh, I've been reading Batwoman comics, and she kind of makes her debut in th- this uh, movie. Uh, not good as Batman versus Robin, but it's still it's pretty intense for. You know, a cartoon film. Is it one of the rated R ones? Or no, it's PG thirteen, but it's. I mean, there's people That's... shot with guns and um, and Batman actually he's uh, supposedly dies at the beginning when he uh, first meets Batwoman. Um, not Batwoman doesn't kill her, but he kind of dies because of her. Um, and so Nightwing kind of st- steps in for Batman, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a mystery on uh, what happens, and it's fun. Um, it's 
it's dark. Uh, I, I still have to watch the Batman Ninja one that Brad gave me because he gave me one of his yeah, I should, steel books. Uh, yeah, that got Batman Ninja is style over substance. It's, it looks really cool. Right. Um, but I still like I, I, I'm always fascinated by the way different artists interpret them, especially oh yeah, no, after it's... you remember the Gotham Knights one that they yeah. did to yeah. coincide with the Dark Knight. That one's amazing. Not all the stories are great, but just watching how it's people fun. interpret Bruce Wayne, Batman is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I they, for some reason this time the I always I sometimes I get the DC movies as soon as they come out. Other times I wait. Mm-hmm. So this is one I waited till it was like five ninety nine. There you go. Um, and it was worth it. I mean, the special features are kind of cool. Um, it's a it's a fun movie. Um, I also watched uh, Eighth Grade, which is an amazing film. Mm-hmm. Uh, very uh, heartfelt. The dad is amazing in it. It's the um, best horror movie of the year. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I I just love how dorky it is. There's it, I I describe it as it's not a movie or just be laughing constantly, but you're constantly amused mm-hmm. and you chuckle constantly. Um, the the part where the principal comes in is like, hey everybody, and he dabs mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to be cool mm-hmm. is funny, and then random people going LeBron James, <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's funny. Um, it, it's a really well made film. I think everybody should see it. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely check it out. It's it's a it it, it was it was cringing at times. Oh I'm just yeah. Like, oh god, like I remember. It, it, I remember that feeling. I remember that emotion. It's an unflinching Fuck look you, at Bo Burnham. <laughs> yeah. It's an unflinching look at being an adolescent, yeah. you know. And, but then at the end of it I'm like, "Bravo, Bo Burnham." Oh yeah, no, it's <laughs> you, it's wonderful. You scared me more than that Tony Collette movie. <laughs> <laughs> um I also watched Another Wolf Cop, which uh, I, I'm a fan of the first one. It's it's. But did we need another Wolf Cop? <laughs> I think we do. Because um, the first Wolf Cop is actually pretty good until about the last 30 minutes and gets really That's weird. what Brad keeps saying. I haven't watched it yet. And uh, I'll let you borrow both of them. And, yeah. um, and then, so this one kind of takes place with lizard people. It's really weird. Um, but, you know, the cop's still a werewolf and he's still killing people. And Kevin Smith is in it, and he plays the mayor. And Are you he's, serious? And he's pretty funny. Um, oh, and now I have to. You, oh, yeah. If you're guys, guys, Kevin Smith fan, it's cool seeing him play. I don't see him in everything he cameos in, but that just sounds so, awesome. I thought it was a cameo, too. He's not in it a lot, but it's more than a cameo. But it's more than you'd think. Exactly. Yeah. So he has one scene where he, the, his first scene in it, he just rambles on for about five minutes. <laughs> and then he comes back a little later, and he it's... It's, I can't even describe this film. This is yeah, the, no, okay. The, you know they have the double feature at Best Buy for like fifteen bucks. I think I might just pick it up. That, or if you want to borrow it, I'll let you borrow both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tempted. They're, they're fun. <laughs> it's I mean, weird. like I, want, I don't want to wait. <laughs> they're, 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 yeah, they're not great films, but if you like gory, stupid B movie, I mean, I mean B movies. You could do a lot worse. I mean, I have fun with them. I mean, you're saying that as if though you don't know me. <laughs> yeah, no, they're fun. I, I like the Walrus movie. I'll watch. Well, <laughs> uh, Tusk as well as a better film. Um, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. They're fun. I mean, like I, I say, they're fun. They're harmless. I do like the idea of a wolf cop. So I'm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for Scream Factory this week, I, for my Scream Crack Factory crypt, I cheated. I did the R's because I got Return of the Living Dead 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not actually the biggest fan of this film. Um, you can read my review of it. I haven't seen 2 or 3. I only ever saw the so, first one. Uh, I should let you borrow those ones, too. So 2 takes, like, it didn't understand why the first one was great. Mm-hmm. So the first one does have horror comedy blend in, blended into it. Mm-hmm. But it also, I think it's actually pretty horrific. Yeah. Uh, where Linnea Quigley becomes the zombie and she's, you know... That that uh, uh, robot on the slab is yeah. amazing. Yeah, and 
this film, so it's in a lesser director's hands, and I hate saying that, but you can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Where Dan O'Bannon is, um, so the first one, the signature zombie is Tar Man. Mm-hmm. When you go into the basement, he's like brains, more brains. That puppet freaks me out. So they have Still another, they have another Tar Man in this one, and the way it's lighted, it kind of takes away him being scary. Who was director on the second one? Uh, I forget his name. He has a great commentary on it, though. Okay. Um, that was actually on the DVD. But what's great about this Blu-ray is you should definitely get this Blu-ray. Um, like, I think the film is okay. The, the comedy is too zany. And it, what I love about it, though, is when it came out on DVD, which I have, too, um, the film, they had to replace the soundtrack because they didn't get rights or had an issue. That was an issue they had with the first one. Yeah. yeah. So um, Scream Factory put the original soundtrack back in. So I've never heard they have, uh, like, Robert Palmer, bad case of loving you in it and <laughs> like with zombies and stuff. It's, it's stupid, uh, but it works r- really well in it. Um, it's weird that they couldn't do that. For, they couldn't do that for the first one. That's why you hear, yeah. do you want to party a lot? Yeah. Which it, is fine. Yeah, it's fine. It, it's weird that they can't rights to films. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, it's, but the, the Blu-ray is awesome. It has what I, I love on some of the Scream Factory stuff that they end up doing is they, have really candid interviews and so they have an interview with the special effects guys and they go yeah this movie's dog shit they uh they don't say that but the the makeup effect guy said i got the script and i said do you really want a zombie coming out of the ground looking for her glasses and she puts them on and can see i mean this is in the film right and he said all right i mean i'm getting paid to do the show so i'll do what you want me to do what in um in the underground (laughs) And it's so they, they are really candid in it. They're like, it's fun, but it's a stupid movie. Right. There is a couple great. There's a great moment with the little kid in the basement of the hospital and the zombie gets blown in half. I mean, there's some great effects in it. Um, but I, I do love how like even the dumbest horror movie does usually have one moment of like, this is good. Yeah. And this even if it's overshadowed by shit. <laughs> yeah. It's hard for me to describe. I don't think it's a horrible film. It's just when you go from. Number one, which I think is one of the greatest horror films of all time, and a great satire for that matter. Not, oh, yeah. Let's let's put horror out of it. If we're gonna do that divisional thing, everyone does. Um, the ending of that film is genius. Oh yeah, this film tries to replicate it, doesn't do it as well. But if you want to, Return of Living Dead three is amazing. Mm. It's uh, Brian uh, Yuzuna, and it's ooh, it's pretty society, great. Society man. Yeah. So <laughs> let me know, and I'll remember to bring it because. I think three is a was one of the first Vestrons, and it's kind of hard to find now. Really? Um, oh, then I'll probably definitely have to. Yeah, unless I mean, I think you can get it for thirty bucks, but that's a lot of money. Yeah, but for may- that film. But I mean, if they were able to get part two, who knows? Maybe Scream Factory is going to pull off a miracle here. Uh, I don't think they need. I mean, Vestron did a great job with three. I don't think I'd ever double dip in it. Um, right. I mean, they've been making a lot of. <coughs> they've been making a lot of deals with like other yeah. companies and stuff. Yeah, right and, and, and I learned that. Uh, the, so for Candyman, they're sharing. Features with Arrow, yeah, but th- but they're doing the UK release. Screen Factory is doing America. Yeah. Arrow's doing UK. Yeah, and they're sharing each other's special features, so you don't yeah. miss out on anything. Yeah, so it's just like it's the same desk. Yeah, uh, I also watched uh, John Carpenter presents Body Bags, which he plays the coroner in. Yeah, which mm-hmm. he, That's great. yeah, it's fun. He looks I, like he doesn't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, where's this, my money? Uh, this, yeah, this sounds horrible, but. Uh, the biggest problem with body bags is John Carpenter as the coroner. Yeah. Um, Cause they're trying to capitalize on, so it's an anthology. They're capitalizing on tells from the crypt and the crypt keeper mm-hmm. where they have John Kassir plays the crypt keeper and he is a voice actor. Right. So he, I mean, he's, I, I can even name all his stuff, but he's very prolific. Yeah. So he's, his performance is amazing. 
Um, John Carpenter, not so much. And the first, it, it's disappointing. The first uh, short is called, uh, or I guess short, is called The Gas Station. And it's a straight up slasher, mm-hmm. but it's not nothing special about it. The only cool thing is, is the dude from Revenge of the Nerds is the bad guy. Right. The second one is Stacy Keach, and it's called Hair. Um, and that's a little more fun where he, this dude <laughs> is losing his hair. So he gets a hair transplant and it kind of goes into weird sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Uh, the last one I think is actually a classic zombies do come up from the ground, um, is stars. Mark Hamill's called the eye. Yeah. That's the one that I remember the most oh, mainly cause I was like just party. like, it's Luke Skywalker. What's yeah. going on? And he, so he's a major league baseball player, loses one of his eyes in a car accident. And that's what they talk. Um, and he, he uh, gets an eye transplant from a serial killer. So he starts seeing um, visions, and he also starts acting like the serial killer. Yeah. Um, okay. It's a classic story of, yeah. like, the, the, the other body parts possessed. But it's, it's, a, it's a good it's a good. It's, it's shot by uh, Toby Hooper, mm-hmm. and it's really well done. I actually think it's one of the best anthology um, shorts mm-hmm. or anthology parts. Um but it, it, so I watched the movie, then I watched it again with this uh, commentary, and even uh, John Carpenter's like, it was fun doing it, but I'm no actor. Yeah, and um, it's fun because his wife Sandy King is, does the last part, so she's only on it for the last part, and she talks. So John is talking about how they, it was a pilot, and they're going to make it like Tales from the Crypt, and Sandy says N- it was never a, supposed to be a pilot. It was just. We have we're doing horror on TV and we're showing everyone else how to do horror, hmm. um, and it's kind of funny seeing them not really remembering it. I don't know who's right. I'm guessing it's somewhere in the middle. It's a, it. I mean, I'd like to get Mr. Showtime in for for yeah. that opinion. <laughs> but the, so uh, the commentaries are great though. Carpenter sometimes he's hit or miss on commentaries, right? But this one he does one with Robert Carradine, who is uh, in the first one. The second one's with Stacy Keach, mm-hmm. and then the third one's hosted by the red shirt guy and um, and Sandy Kings, and and it's really good. Uh, they're fun. They're pretty uh, goofy in it. It's um, the it's the one uh, Scream Factory Carpenter title. I uh, or actually there's two because I still haven't gotten their Assault on Precinct 13 yet. Um, but uh, but no, uh, it's a uh, actually no three because I don't have their They Live either. I have uh, they I have bummer. they I have They Live on digital right now. But uh, I mean I can rectify that in a minute. Cause yeah. I still got plenty of copies left. Um, I think they still have the Steelbook. But I remember Body Bags just being like. It was one of the many different anthologies you'd watch. I, I like Creepshow. Yeah, Creepshow's uh, more fun. Um, but and, and, and Trick or Treat is one of the newer favorites just because like I wasn't and, expecting and, it to be yeah, that great. <laughs> Trick or Treat is great. Um, and, and the Collector's Edition really um, is maybe the only – is one of their early – I think it's maybe their second or third one they put out because mm-hmm. they did Halloween, Halloween 2 and 3, and then I think it was Body Bag. I can't remember, right? Might be Prince of Darkness too because Prince of Darkness has the commentary and an Alice Cooper interview, but it's kind of <laughs> – it's kind yeah. of bare, but to be fair, the first release of Prince of Darkness wasn't like filled with anything. Oh yeah, really either. So so uh, so that's only a bummer. It's a collector's edition. It only has a commentary and like a twenty minute making of. Eh, you, I, could, you could do worse for but, body bags. Yeah, I mean it, that it exists is it's a new transfer, so it looks good. It's a strange miracle that we live in, and also it is a great example of how great Toby Hooper was too. Oh yeah, 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 um, absolutely. Uh, on that John Carpenter note, though, you should check out Finding Your Die, where he's um introducing a series of independently made Halloween shorts and he it, the whole thesis behind it is that it's John Carpenter just wanting to shoot himself each nice. time he introduces a video <laughs> um, and then uh, the last stuff I watched is uh, my Cary Grant stuff 
Um, you just love that. You just love that man. I, I do. I do. Um, and it's fun because I when I go to Barnes and Noble, they actually have the DVDs, mm-hmm. and they're all like five bucks. So I'm like, meh. So uh, I watched Night and Day, which is him playing Cole Porter. Mm-hmm. It, it, out of all the ones I watched, it's probably my least favorite. Cary Grant. Not that he's bad in it. It's just he's playing a real life figure too, and yeah. that's like that's. Even the De Lovely movie the, um, that they did um, a few years back isn't that great because like it's how do you sum up Cole Porter? But that's nothing against Grant. Like, no, no, it's it like, the, like the movie's fine. Yeah, it's just it's not it's not a character you're necessarily like. Yeah, it's I'm yeah. Cole Porter. I'm going through you know my my grandfather doesn't like me. Yeah, um, it's kind of similar to how I feel about the J- the Glenn Miller story that they're going to release with James Stewart because they're putting that mm-hmm. on a Blu-ray. Um, uh, in not too long uh, after the holidays and like it's fine jimmy stewart's fine yeah. in it, but it's not my favorite jimmy stewart movie. no um <laughs> i also watched um i don't know i think i think i watched two other ones uh i watched uh bringing up baby bringing up baby was the one that i saw on uh facebook yeah, uh, bring up baby you know i remember it a little bit Clearly, you didn't. <laughs> um, no, I mean uh, before I watched it, and and as I was watching the movie again, I started remembering the scenes, uh-huh. uh, and the movie's brilliant. Uh, it, is. it is. It's goofy though. It is. It's really goofy, but really fun. Okay, There's. It's, Describe it to the people who've so, never heard of this. Uh, I, up, I did it a couple weeks ago, but Bring Up Baby is the story. Cary Grant plays uh, a anthropologist, a paleontologist. I can't remember. Uh, the I, exact... I don't know. The, I don't know. No zoologist. He's Z- a zoologist because yeah, yeah, that's how they get. Yeah. Uh, so he's a zoologist who's is building a brachiosaurus at his museum, and he's trying to get a million dollars grant to help him finish his dream dinosaur exhibit or something like that mm-hmm. and he finally gets his clavicle for the brontosaurus in and he has to go golfing with the lawyer of the lady who has all the money and he meets katherine hepburn on the golf course who you find out later is the niece of the lady who has all the money and katherine hepburn is very uh zany in it but she's br- she's really good um how many holes you want to play yeah um <laughs> It's a movie that wasn't appreciated in its time, and I I don't blame them because it's it's an it's an interesting concept. I like it more now than I did when I first saw it. Yeah, it's it's really saying so. Eventually, they ha- the the baby in question is she's given a leopard, mm-hmm. and there is um, I think my favorite scene is really early in it um, when she's so she's in love with him and he's supposed to get married. So she's basically the plot is is she's trying to intervene so he marries her mm-hmm. and. Uh, so she calls him and she says, "He's." She said, "I have a leopard," and he's like, "You don't have a leopard," and she says, "She trips and falls." And uh, God, what's her name? I forget. And he says, "Are you all right? Are you all right?" <laughs> and uh, so she's acting like she's getting attacked by this leopard, and he comes running in like the hero Cary Grant is, and um, it's, it, he, it's it's like he's it, Cary Grant. It, it's the leopard that does it for me. It's not that the leopard's bad. It's just that it's like. But there's also like the funny scene where they're trying to sing the leopard to come down off the roof. That is kind of adorable. And uh, and the doctor in there says, "You guys are quacky. There's no, le- there's no. Oh yeah, there's a leopard <laughs> yeah. right there." And she, it's, one of those like '40s double like, There's no that. Whoa. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> um, it's really know, fun. There's scenes in that actually. It's interesting because that was uh, an RKO production, and because uh, Hepburn and Grant were there at the time. 
um, or at least Hepburn was. But um, those a lot of the scenes with the leopard had our special effect shots because they the leopard was trained, but like you know, it's a leopard. You don't want to kill Catherine Hepburn on accident. And uh, so, she did get attacked by it. Yeah. So like, but there's a lot of special effect shots where it's, it's literally a man, a, a moment of splicing the film together. No different than when, uh, Emmanuel Lebetsky, uh, splices together two different shots to make it still look like it's all in one shot for Birdman. So, um, like they're all kind of late. It's, it's a layered thing, but it's, yeah, uh, I'll just to send you a clip of this RKO documentary they did on the BBC. I'll just send that section, but and, it, it's, it's fun to watch the different plates. Yeah. It's, it's a fun movie. Um, I also watch, I, I just get looking at my list, my favorite wife, which is actually really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, Cary Grant plays a guy who's about to get married, but he has to prove that his previous wife is, is dead. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he's at the courthouse and, he, and she went, shipwrecked on an island over seven years ago and the judge is like okay yeah she's dead and of course as soon as he marries his new wife his old wife comes back and oh i just realized that might have been partial inspiration for the 100th episode of family guy oh yeah like not the same story per se so but so she comes back and she's trying to prove that he it's just the air conditioner buddy um it's a fan. They uh, so she's trying to win back his love, and he talks about how he never really loved his new wife, and it's really funny. Um, it's certainly not a yeah. Grant film that's talked about a bunch. Yeah, that's right. Um, especially and in the terms it, of like it the, is. Bra- the but he is really funny in it. Um, it's, there's some really goofy parts in it. So, um, she's trying to lay guilt on him, like I can't believe you married somebody else, and then um, he finds out that. She was marooned on this island for seven years with this guy. And so he's trying to figure out who this guy is. And so he sneaks away to the Pacific Club where this dude is at. Mm-hmm. And he's this really, like, buff, like, handsome guy. And he's he'll be like, ladies, hold my robe. And he goes up on the springboard and does, like, a dive into the water. And later on, uh, Cary Grant's at his office. And in, in his mind, he looks to the right. And there's, like, the dude swinging on a trapeze. Mm-hmm. and like he's supposed to be like super sexy and then his wife comes in and she says don't worry darling here is here's the man i was marooned with and it's like this really short like and then they end up seeing him it's it's really funny um oh god I, this was a this was a tcm watch that i've only seen it once i don't remember it yeah i mean like i said i got all these dvds now if you want to borrow them, i'm g- more I, than welcome to yeah i mean i'm actually tempted to join the barnes and nobles thing you got so that i can grab some of the bogart stuff they've got well i can i can give you my phone number um Shh, don't tell yeah barnes. don't tell, barnes, don't tell or barnes or nobles yeah <laughs> uh, and the last thing i watched is um i think the last thing yeah uh is revenge which is a movie Brad talked about. Yeah, and, and I believe is on Shutter right now. Yeah, um, I really liked it. It's about a woman who goes away with her rich boyfriend. Um, she gets raped by his like skeezy guys. They're supposed to go on a hunting trip, and because of what they did, they push her off a cliff. She ends up living, and she kind of comes back. And um, it's a rape revenge flick, but it's also shot by a woman, so it doesn't exploit the rape part so it's not i spit on your grave <laughs> exactly so it's not exploitive of the rape part oh, and it's good <laughs> more about her hunting down these dudes it's pretty awesome good I, um, yeah if I've... you're looking for a super gory like intense fun movie i definitely get it yeah i've heard it's great I, it's on the watch list i, I uh um, actually the blu-ray is pretty cheap at best buy too yeah so I that's where i got it to... i want to watch it on shutter though because i know that that's where they're getting their exclusives through try to support them yeah um, i do love that channel yeah Only so five bucks a month guys yeah uh so i check it out it's fun um well 
fun, maybe not the right word. It's a cool movie. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's what I watched this week. Nice. Lots of shit. Um, so you didn't rewatch, but oh, so you didn't rewatch Infinity War yet? Oh, I did. I just didn't talk about yeah, it. No, I, um, I, I need to rewatch it. Um, it's awesome. I, the, the, the Blu ray looks amazing. The, the Blu ray is awesome. Yeah. Um, the 4K, so I, I will say this the, the Thanos in 4K is unbelievable. Mm. Like, he has like a five o'clock shadow, and uh, the, you can see it a little bit on, on the Blu ray, but his hands are purple, but you can see. Uh, as it goes closer to his palm, it changes to like a pink. It's really amazing. Ooh, um, nice. And, and the costumes and like Iron Man's armor and it, it looks great. Um, yeah, I was curious how it looked. Yeah, uh, the, the special see. features are blah. That's the thing. It's bummer me right now is a lot of this. Yep, a lot of the special features are really fluff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. They have like four or five featurettes. The last two featurettes are pretty pretty good. Um, but if you haven't seen the movie, make sure you watch the movie before you watch the last two featurettes. Yeah, um, I haven't listened to the commentary yet. And I haven't so. listened to the commentary, but it's uh, it's fun, and the movie's great. Sweet. Um, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we went and saw Happy Time Murders. Yeah, we did. Zach, should people see Happy Times Murders? Um, <coughs> sure. I mean, here's my here's my thing. I do not think this is the travesty that rotten the, the internet critics have been saying it is. I saw every article where they're just like, oh, the buzz is that it's the worst movie of the year or the summer. It's not. What were you expecting from the Dirty Puppet movie is my question, I guess. That it, that wasn't done by Trey Parker or Matt Stone. I mean, like, at the mm. end of the day, this is this is Brian Henson doing something interesting with the, the, the puppet form that his father created. I will say, though, it's not a perfect movie by any means. But I had fun with it. I enjoyed myself enough. It's definitely flawed, um, and we can talk about it after the trailer plays. Um, but I liked Melissa McCarthy in it. Um, I liked the uh, the the people performing for the puppets and stuff like that. Their voices, like it, 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 it was fun to like to listen to them do their performances and also work those puppets. Um, and I will say that I uh, I enjoyed watching a puppet Muppet movie of that cal of that nature again in a theater. Cause like the last time I saw one was probably Muppets most wanted, um, obviously different tones of, uh, uh of that. But anyway, I-, I think it's fine. I don't think you need to rush out. It's probably more of a Netflix watch, but it's harmless. If you've got like five bucks and you want to laugh, you'll definitely laugh. I don't think you'll remember anything afterward, but you'll laugh. Uh, yeah, I don't think you need to see this film. I don't think it's a horrible. I, I I also don't. There's funny parts in it. I don't think it's sustained very well throughout the film, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it has a lot to do with the direction. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people just don't know how to direct comedy like that. Um, and you brought up Trey Parker, and he knows how to yeah direct that. No, absolutely. Um, like I said, like but I will say the the puppetry is amazing in it. Mm-hmm. I uh, super great. Um, Melissa McCarthy is funny in it. There is some inconsistencies in the story. I think that a lot of this movie was edited. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We'll get into it. Cause... And then I have, like, Joe McHale's character is really funny, but he didn't make very much... Like, he wasn't integral to the story. I feel he like... He was just there. I think there's a lot of his story taken out. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I knew, it was, like, the twist didn't shock me. Um, but there's also have problems with the twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll talk about it after we play the trailer for Happy Time Murders. I love singing and dancing. Hiya, folks!
50 cents, I'll suck your dick. <laughs> well, it's a great price. It almost makes me wish I had a dick for you to suck. Or take that as a yes. You two are the most decorated offices in this department. What do you see? Looks like a robbery gone wrong to me. This wasn't a robbery, this was a hit. Welcome! Someone out there <gasps> is killing puppets. Hey, handsome. You looking for some rotten cotton? I'm a woman. That's okay. Yeah, that's even we better. Got a good time for you. <laughs> We're gonna catch the bastards who did these murders. Because bodies are gonna start piling up. You're one of the best damn cops I've ever seen. I'll have your badge for this. I'm in the fucking FBI. Oh, yeah? What's that stand for? Fucking big idiot? <laughs> cop, good cop, where is your dignity? Where's your empathy? Where is your sympathy? Bad cop. If shit gets crazy, I'm gonna go crazy as shit. Is that just a fantasy? God, are you all right? I ruptured my hymen. This pure ecstasy. I'm not doing this. Do it. Oh, sorry about your dead human friend, Phillips. That is good shit. Well, fuck me. Maybe. Is Phil in? He's servicing a client. Is that what I think it is? Here I go, here I go, here I go, here I go, here I go. Oh, 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 Puppets and people live together. Um, and Phil, it's a racial allegory. Yeah, it's, uh, people don't like puppets. Uh, Phil Phillips used to be a cop, and now he's just a private investigator mm -hmm. because of something that happened in his past. Maya Rudolph plays his secretary, Bubbles. Yeah, which uh, I will. She's pretty great in it. And I will say, in spite of how many jokes don't land for me sometimes. There's enough of them playing with that detective motif where I'm like, this is just adorable so, for some reason. And that's what I, 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 what I did like is I like the the noir feel to it yeah where you get the narration um and it just when i when i say the the directions the problem is i think some of the jokes don't land because of the direction so there's there's a part where i mean it's in the red band trailer where the dolls are fucking mm -hmm. and then he when he comes it's like silly string mm -hmm. and it keeps on going and going and going and he and stops I, and then it goes again yeah and it's it's fine but it doesn't land as well um, I think the problem is is that w with them being puppets, you're limited in how many angles you can really get. No, I get that, but I mean, like th this, and it's definitely it, the editing is probably the the biggest culprit here for me. And I think, and I think that falls on the director too, because as a director, you should be able to fill that in for comedy, mm -hmm. and maybe there's not enough coverage. And some people just don't know how to shoot comedy. And I'm not taking. I, I think Brian Hansen Hansen is a very talented person. But maybe directing isn't his forte. Well, he uh, did do Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island, and those he did. are those are very well made. I think this film suffers from. Uh, I don't want to say the production company is a problem, but, but here, if but, you if you had this under a different studio, something else would have been. But done the difference too is when you when you're when you have the Muppets, you have a a clear tone you're trying to set and vision for that and matter. a vision. So this one, he's creating a new one. And some of the stuff is just it just doesn't work, and it's um, 
part yeah, of my I, frustration with it is actually the script and not not exactly. not and so I, much um, Brian Henson because the script was. Um, sorry, no, you're no, fine. No, the script was written by someone else. It wasn't Brian Henson. Yeah, and it's and that's fine. And like Melissa McCarthy, like it seems like a lot of her characters cut out too. Yeah. Um, there's some like I funny. I would like to move more about like her her like dealing with being part puppet and part. That's yeah. like the spoiler. The biggest one of the bigger spoilers is that she, like uh, the incident that led Phil Phillips to be kicked off the force. Um, was that her partner got his partner got shot, which is Melissa McCarthy, and in order to save her, she had to get a puppet liver. Yeah, um, which is funny. So as a result, she can like eat copious amounts of sugar and not go into a diabetic coma. Yeah, which is a funny. It's, it's moment. funny, but then I mean, I didn't. I love the moment where she beats up the Russian bear and yeah. said, like uh, for the bitch comment. It was so funny. It's funny, but it, it's really out of place. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. It doesn't fit, and um, like she's really funny. I think her. Uh, Best line is when she gets suspended by the FBI. That doesn't make. Oh, that great! That but, that's like, a great. Sequence. But that part doesn't make any sense. Why was she so? She gets suspended, but then she shows back up to interview Phil Phillips to bust him out of jail, and she let. I don't. Was it just? I thought it was just visitor when I thought when I saw it. Maybe that's how I read it. I, I guess I don't know. But I, she, I, I love that sequence though, because she's like calling out everyone she hated in the office, and then the last person she talks to is like. I'm sorry we never got to fuck, and it's her hu- her real life husband yeah. saying, "There's still time." What? There's still time. <laughs> and I mean, some of the jokes really did land. And I mean, th- my favorite actually line in the movie is, uh, I think it was his brother said, "Man, what bent your boner?" <laughs> like things like that are great. Um, it's just not enough of them. Just not enough. I um, did you feel that it, this was an issue at all? I, I was curious. Is that part of the joke? Obviously, going in is they're puppets. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously, like, the way the puppets are murdered is, like, their fluff goes all over the the room and whatnot. But the beginning of this film sets up a really cool idea of a racial allegory yeah. in terms of, like, well, how do what people treat one another? And then, but it felt like when they get killed, like, we're, we're treating that as a laugh. But I'm like, yeah. well, that seems but, out the, of place for some and reason. And the laugh yeah. isn't funny. And yeah. It's, um, I, like, the setup's great. So one of the puppets is killed by... Okay. That's my shadow. Um, so wh- Shoot, my my favorite actual like sustained sequence in the whole film mm-hmm. is uh, his brother is this movie star uh, yeah. Phil Phillips, and he has this like model at his house. And um, Kellen, stop, <laughs> buddy. Jeez. Okay. Golly, man. <laughs> um, I love you, buddy, but relax. Um, the Ryan Frost story. <laughs> yes. The the murderer sets dogs loose and the dogs rip him up. Yeah, and it, it, that was that was what I was one of the things I was getting at was like you see, him, seeing him torn apart. It is hilarious. It is funny, and then it, I mean, and then it sustains the throughout when the murder scene, um, when Phillips arrives on scene, and you know he's, they're saying don't remember your brother this way, and his fluff is everywhere. Yeah. And they're like, I think we found the murderer, and it's like this Boston Terrier. That is a great gag. And he's like, <laughs> give me that son of a bitch. Oh, you know, it's funny. And then him and Melissa McCarthy fight. And it's really she good. She bit my balls. She bit my balls. Yeah. So, like, that was really good. And then it teeters off again. And the reveal of the the killer is the young girl from the puppet that Phillips accidentally shot. I mean, I already put that together. And then... Uh, I at least thought Elizabeth Banks had some part in yeah, it. But, I didn't, but, but see, that's what I don't make. It doesn't make sense. So Elizabeth Banks plays 
the former girlfriend of Phil Phillips, and she was on Happy Time Murder. She gets murdered. But she denies being married to her. Yeah, but she then she's married to the bad girl in the film. The bad puppet girl, the, by the yeah, way. Yeah, the bad puppet girl. And then she comes out, and she's like, we don't have to kill him. And she's, and so she wasn't part of the plot, but she was part of the plot. I don't understand. She's like, I, I think the twist. There. I think in the edit, you're supposed to just assume she's a dumb patsy in this whole thing. I guess it didn't work. Um, um, it, it was whatever. I, it, when I'm watching a film that's that choppy, sometimes I tend to just try to fill in the blanks myself, just yeah, so I don't. I mean, go you, you have to. But um, I mean, but then there's great parts with like Joe McHale. Like, so I love, <laughs> I love stupid comedy, and so there's a part where Melissa McCarthy and Phil Phillips are like caught. And he's like, drop the weapon, and she does. And he says, drop that weapon. And there's some it's already, it's already all, it's a, I already put it down. Drop your weapon. And he takes a, off his sunglasses. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and he can't see it until he takes off his sunglasses. It's really weird, <laughs> but it's a really funny joke. And that's what I mean. Like, It's enough for me to like laugh, but it's not enough for me to recommend the movie because it's just too inconsistent. There was a, there was a fun line at the beginning of the film with Melissa McCarthy, like uh, uh, pro tip. I think it was like pro tip. Rookies don't actually wear the hat. Dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> and it, there's a, Which I'm like, I don't know. I have to ask Ryan, do they wear the hat? <laughs> we, don't, we don't have them. I um, don't know that, <laughs> uh, but there's just not enough to sustain the movie. Right. Um, it, there's, there's moments and it, the moments being funny aren't outweighed by the inconsistencies in the script, mm -hmm. the inconsistencies with the pacing and directing and editing. It's just not enough. You know why? Because this film really wants to be an even dirtier Roger Rabbit. Yeah. And you know what? I, I figured out like this morning why I why that obviously was not going to work is because like with Roger Rabbit, you set up from the get go their world mm -hmm. and make you love Roger at the same time via showing him in his cartoons. And then you get out into the real world. Yeah. You you start inward and then you move outward. It's like pulling back. Yeah. You know? With this, we're thrown right into the world. And sometimes that works in film. Yeah. A lot of times it actually does. Yeah. But in this case, I kind of feel like it didn't gel with me right away. Yeah, I agree. While I will say, though, it's interesting because, because the puppets are so well constructed, there are moments in this film where I, like, I, I felt genuine emotion for them. Mm-hmm. But there's it's so few and far between that it doesn't work for me as well. I will say though, I would love to own the film if they put a bunch of special features on this because I'd love to watch more of what I see at the end, which is them producing this. Film. Yeah, and, and so I it's, mean, it's, it's very interesting. Like the, the plot too is for like Phil Phillips to always be on scene when something happens. Mm -hmm. So. The, the, so the first one is, you know, the murder in the porn shop. Mm -hmm. But how did she know that he'd be in the back room and he'd be framed and she'd kill everybody there? And she, how'd she know the rabbit was there? But it's OK, because they're distracting you with two very disturbing yeah. porn sequences. And then how would you, they know that um, they were at the other the guy, with the sugar place that they would be in the back alley at the right time mm. to shoot. It's just too many, too many coincidences. coincidences. And it feels like there's m missing parts in the film. Right. And, and I'm wondering like, it'd be interesting to read the original script. Cause this yeah. was like, this was like oh, a yeah. highly sought after, but like no one really wanted to touch it project. I mm -hmm. think it, like the, if I can recall reading about this correctly. Yeah. Um, but I will say like I, there at, despite all that we're saying, I appreciate, I applaud Brian Henson for doing the film because I'd rather he do this than anyone else in terms of who would handle these puppets. Cause he at least knows how to make those puppets believable. Yeah. The one thing I can easily say is that those puppets are just as effective characters as the humans. Yeah, I mean, world. my favorite puppet was the, actually the vulture in the porn shop. I thought he looked really, 
Like it, it was just a cool looking puppet. Of course, man, we're NSA compliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and I, I and I really uh, enjoyed. Actually, one of my favorite sequences was also the one that kind of like. It's one of the only moments in this film where I ge- felt genuine emotion for the for the, uh, the the plight of the puppet movement is like this puppet singing and dancing outside of his office. And then these like these like snobby, snooty douche kids uh, just start kicking this puppet around um, and take his eye. And then like Phil Phillips gets him to go away. Yeah. And he's just like, this isn't the old days. You don't have to sing and dance anymore. He's like. I don't have to. I want to. And I'm like, that's the um, – that, good. Yeah. I want you to keep moving with that. Yeah. And they don't. And that's what – like, because that's one of those things that, like, the Muppets do so well is that at the heart – at the end of the day, it's all about entertainment mm-hmm. and it's about showbiz. And I think with this world trying to be too real, it it fumbles in that manner. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I will say, though, uh, the, uh, um, the, 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 the kind of, like – the, the visual effects and kind of the way they shoot certain things is also interesting as well. I think, like like I said... Okay, um, we're almost done. Yeah, I say more or less, this is a Netflix thing. Yeah, I agree. And, um, like, I, I mean, it will not ruin your life. This is no. not the travesty the internet's saying it is. However, it's it's not of the quality that I guess I was hoping for. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Um, next week, I don't know what we're going to do. Movies are garbage. Mm. Um, so I'm thinking maybe a film explosion. I'll have to see what the other guys want to do. Maybe. Or um, crazy rich Asians. Or crazy crazy rich, rich Asians. Um, or- so stay tuned for that. I hope you enjoyed me and Zach's show. Sorry my kid kept on talking throughout the whole thing. Really quickly, which one of us won? Is it you pulling me, uh, coming out of the water, holding my head, but then I wink? <laughs> oh. Or did we both just go up in flames? I win. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Who's the best, Kellen? Just you wait, I'm gonna. End. I am. <laughs> I am. I am. Till next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.